This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa bihi nasta'inu ala amuri dunya wa ad-deen. Wa la'aqibat al-mutaqina wa la'udwana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. We are continuing the tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah and we are still in the ayat related to talaq. One of the benefits that you see uh, in reading Surah Al-Baqarah is the importance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put into the family law and the ahkam related to the usrah and marriage and talaq and how much importance Allah Almighty has put into this. So it's not a, a matter that is to be taken lightly. Issues related to divorce, issues related to marriage. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasized on these rules to protect both husband and wife, to preserve the family, and to ensure that if there is separation, it is done in the best and most amicable, amicable way possible. Um, last time, we spoke about the woman who loses her husband and he dies. And what are some of the rulings related to that? And we've covered that her idda period is different than the idda period of the woman who is divorced. So the divorcee, um, will, we will look at her situation. If she was pregnant, how long is her idda? Until she gives birth. If she wasn't pregnant, uh, how, and how, how long is her idda? Three menstrual cycles. If she is not menstruating due to old age or anything similar to that, then how long does she have her idda? Sorry? Three months. Very good. In Surah Talaq, Allah mentions, uh, Those that have um, lost hope in Hayd or in menses, then that their idda period, their waiting period is three months. Um, what about the person then who, uh, whose husband passes away? That is how long? Four months in and ten days. So that's a rule that is different than the rest. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then spoke about um, the rulings related to ihdad. Does anyone remember what ihdad is? So if a woman uh, is in the mourning period, what does she not do? Sorry? She doesn't adorn herself and she is in the mourning period and how long does that last? The four months end? Ten days. Yes, very good. Anyone that is not a spouse, how long can you mourn for them? Three days. Three days. Um, and then life continues. Then life continues. Um, today, inshallah ta'ala, we are reading the ayats related to um, if one is interested in marrying a woman that has been divorced, how do you go about it? So a woman was divorced, can you propose to her or can you not propose to her? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْكُمْ And there is no sin on you. There is no sin on you. فِيمَا عَرَّضْتُمْ بِهِ مِنْ خِطْبَةِ النِّسَاءِ If you make a hint of betrothal or proposal, uh, or, or conceal it in your hearts, أَوْ أَكْنَنْتُمْ فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ So, what are you learning here? Um, let's say a woman, her husband died, and she is in the waiting period, or her husband divorced her, and she is in the waiting period. Let's start with the one that has been divorced. There's two cases. Either she is, uh, the dalaq is dalaq raj'i, or the dalaq is dalaq ba'in. What does dalaq raj'i mean? A revocable 
a divorce. Meaning, meaning her husband divorced her once and he can potentially take her back. This type of woman, you can never propose to her. She's still tied to her husband. Anytime he can say, you're my wife and they're together, she still lives with him. So a woman whose husband divorced her and they're in this period, you don't go near her, you don't think of her, you don't propose to her. She's still tied to this. Because he can still make a decision tomorrow, I take you back and you're my wife again. So you completely avoid the situation. Is that wadih? Now, what if, what if uh, she, he, um, she's dalaq ba'in? What's dalaq ba'in? A irrevocable divorce. He divorced her once, took her back. After a while, he divorced her again, then took her back. By the third time when he divorces her, can he take her back? No. That's an irrevocable divorce. When that happens, she enters into a waiting period. And depending on the situation, whether she was pregnant or not, it could be until she gives birth, it could be three months, it could be three menstrual cycles. In any case, during this time, what are you allowed to do? Let's say you're interested in her. Let's say you're interested in her. In, in the time where she is waiting, can you tell her, inshallah, when your idda is over, I'm going to marry you? Can you tell her that? No, you cannot. So, let's say a woman, and okay, what about if he dies? Same thing. So a woman dies... For, for four months and ten days, for four months and ten days, you're not allowed to directly approach her or propose to her. But afterwards you can. Why? Why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us to not do this? The reason is that it is very possible that once you express interest, that she lies about her menstrual cycle. She shortens the time. It's, these are all possibilities. And because you express interest, and instead of waiting all that time, she may just uh, uh, hurry or uh, shorten the time that she's meant to wait. Because you have no idea. And because of this, to avoid this problem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do not approach them and directly propose to them until after the morning. So what are you allowed to do? What are you allowed to do? يقول الله عز وجل, وَلَا جُنَاهَا عَلَيْكُمْ فِي مَا عَرَضْتُمْ بِهِ مِنْ خِطْبَةِ النِّسَاءِ أَوْ أَكْنَنْتُمْ فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ عَلِمَ اللَّهُ أَنَّكُمْ سَذْكُرُوهُنَّ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُوَاعِدُوهُنَّ سِرًّا إِلَّا أَنْ تَقُولُوا قَوْلًا مَعْرُوفًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, and there is no sin on you if you make a hint. So what are you allowed to do? You can make a hint that you're interested. Uh, it is mentioned that Allah Abbas said that you should mention something like, uh, I am looking for marriage. Or, but not particularly her or I wish there was a someone that I could you can you can hint around the topic that's allowed but what is not allowed a direct proposal does that make sense because there's two types of there's two types of proposals uh, is direct or is indirect and you're not allowed to be direct when a woman is on her and on the on the a divorcing waiting period, but you are allowed to be in there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, you can make a hint or you can conceal it uh, in yourself, meaning you're allowed to think about it, you're allowed to plan it. You could be thinking, okay, I think I'm going to go for that sister, I think I'm going to marry that woman, I know she's got the divorce recently, and honestly, it's, it's, it's quite interesting that uh, someone can be thinking of marrying a woman that has been recently married, but uh, this is halal, right? Um, and uh, it also shows you the importance of marriage. Think about this. We often, uh, the mentality might be, she just went through a divorce. She just went through a divorce. Maybe she's not looking for a man right now. Spend some year, two years, three years, 
travel, go back to your studies, this and that. Isn't that like a lot of time what you hear? But from the, from the messaging of the Quran, Allah is telling us, if a woman just has been divorced or her husband just died and she's in this waiting period, don't directly ask her, but you're allowed to hint. And the moment that the time is over, you can what? Directly propose. Meaning, the amount of time someone's supposed to be single shouldn't be long. The amount of time that someone is supposed to be single isn't very long. So it's not from the sunnah uh, that a woman, even if she's divorced, right, that she just stays unmarried. It's not from the sunnah for a brother to say, you know what, I'm taking a break from marriage right now, you know, I'm going to take five years, six years to myself. This is not necessarily the right way. Is it allowed? This is allowed. In fact, someone once asked me, Shaykh, is it wajib for me to get married? I said, no, it's not wajib for you to get married. And the reason he asked is, so some, and, and this actually happened to me twice. Once it was a sister, and once it was a brother. I was like, maybe they should meet. <laughs> because a sister once asked me, Sheikh, is it wajib for me to get married? No, it's not wajib. It's not like the salah. It's not like, you know, your zakah. It's not like hajj. It's not from the five pillars. You don't have to get married. But it is highly, 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 highly encouraged. Right? And it is almost an odd thing. But for some, maybe they won't get married. And that's okay. Uh, but we, of course, highly encourage it. And here you learn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, don't directly propose to the woman that is on her idda, but you're allowed to conceal it in yourself. You can plan it, and you can also hint. Another lesson you learn from this is that this idea that a divorced woman is goods that, khalas, it's done. No. From here, you clearly see that they are prospects, and you can marry them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Rasulullah married women that have been divorced. Or married woman that her husband passed away. So this idea, this cultural thing that we have where the, if a woman is divorced and khalas, she shouldn't get married. Or it's an odd thing if a brother proposes to a woman that has been divorced recently. Or it's an odd thing for you to go for a woman who lost her husband who's been previously married before. It's not, this is not necessarily the case. It depends on the circumstances. And if the person ticks your boxes and you think they're good for you and they're going to raise children with you and have a good family with you, then there's nothing wrong with that. Does that make sense? Of course, you have the ideal, but, uh, but we need to get rid of the stigma that around marrying someone that was previously married. There's nothing wrong with that. As you can see clearly how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it. طيب. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, عَلِمَ اللَّهُ Allah knows أَنَّكُمْ سَتَذْكُرُوهُنَّ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُوَعِدُهُنَّ سِرًّا That you will remember them, but do not make a promise of contract with them in secret. So do not secretly propose to her. Allah says, Except if you say good and honorable speech, which is what? That you hint it, that you don't directly speak to them. And do not uh, consummate the marriage until the term prescribed has been fulfilled. So you, it is, what is the hukum of marrying a woman that is in her idda? What is the hukum? That nikah is fasid. You cannot marry a woman that is still in the waiting uh, period. Does that make sense? طيب. وَعَلَمُوا and know أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَوْ مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ That Allah knows what's in your hearts and minds. فَحَذَرُوهُ So fear him. وَعَلَمُوا uh, and know أَنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed Allah is غَفُورٌ The oft forgiving حَلِيمٌ The most forbearing. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْكُمْ إِن طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ There is no sin on you if you divorce your woman folk. Here we learn the ruling of divorce. What is the ruling of divorce in Islam? The ruling of divorce, what's it? Is it haram to divorce a woman? Is it mustahab? Is it wajib? 
is it what is the hukum of divorce? And the ulama say the hukum of divorce depends on the circumstances. Sometimes it is haram for you to divorce your 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 uh, wife. For example, it's haram for you to divorce her when she's on her menstrual cycle. You can't issue a divorce. The hukum of that divorce would be هذا لا يجوز. It's haram. You can't divorce a woman just to harm her. Right? Because harming and dharr is not allowed. Sometimes it is disliked to divorce a woman. Disliked. If she's a good, pious woman that has some shortcomings, it's makruh to divorce her. It's not, it's disliked. Sometimes it's allowed. If there are irreconcilable differences and you guys are not a good match, then it is allowed for you to divorce her. Sometimes it's mustahab to divorce her. If she's a detriment to your children or to yourself, or there's, then it's sometimes it's, it's mustahab. Right? So it fits all the five uh, uh, rulings of Islam. But one thing is for sure, uh, and this is uh, where Islam is more superior than other faiths. For example, in certain faiths, divorce is not an option. Until death do, do us apart. That's not an Islamic concept, right? Right? Through sickness and what, or whatever else that they recite. And then they say, until death do us apart. Like, no, you're not bind forever like this. You should aim to. You should aim to, inshallah ta'ala, be husband and wife in Jannah. That's your aim. That's your goal. That's your hope. But... If you're in a marriage that is toxic, that is difficult, that is stressful, that is harming you, harming the husband, harming the wife, harming the children, then we're not going to say stay together because of, we're not going to say this. And too often we see that sometimes culture will overpower the person. And we have seen cases where a woman is saying, I am stuck in a horrible marriage. And the man is saying, yes, it is definitely horrible and I feel it too. And you're wondering, okay, if you guys cannot make it work, what does Allah say? Hold her, be with her in goodness. Or let her go and, 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 and in goodness and righteousness. Let her go. So what you can't do is, you know, hold it, but it's all, uh, that's, that's what she cannot do. And alhamdulillah, Islam is a practical religion. So is divorce encouraged? Absolutely not. It is heavily discouraged. Is it an option for those that need it? Yes, it's an option. What does Allah Almighty say? There's no sin on you if you divorce a woman. Here particularly, it is talking about a particular type of divorce. And what is that? So, there's no sin on you if you divorce a woman while yet not having touched her, meaning having relations with her, nor appointed a meher to her. Right? So, a few things that must be clarified. What is the ruling of giving your spouse a meher? It's wajib. The meher is her haq. Right? In every single marriage, the, uh, the bridal money, the meher, the dowry must be promised to her. Right? Now, this, there is, this is something that needs to be very, very well understood. The moment they become a couple, she earns the right for a dowry. Now, sometimes the dowry is not named or not even agreed upon. Would that marriage be correct? So, um, if, if I describe how a nikah should be done, for a nikah to be valid, you need a person being married and a person marrying, right? The, the bride to be and the groom, right? You need those two, of course. Then you also need the wali which is the, the uh, guardian, the male guardian of the, of the bride. Who can that be? The father, if the father is not present. 
It could be the grandfather or the uncle or the brother. There are several people here, right? There must be a wali. How many people do you have so far? We have the bride, the groom, and the, the wali. Then you also need two witnesses. You need two witnesses, right? So now how many people do you have? Five. Then after this, you also need the, uh, the, an offer and an acceptance. Because at the end of the day, it's a deal being made. An offer. I offer you my daughter in marriage. Do you accept? And that's the offer. And then the person says, Qabil to I accept. So there needs to be that, right? Now, there also, this is the sira that needs to be present as well. Then there is the dowry. The dowry, if it's not mentioned or named, is, by the way, that's how, that's how simple of a marriage is. Everything else is sunnah. You know, reading the khutbah al-hajah, in alhamdulillah, in having an imam there, it's not required. A lot of people think that having an imam, maybe I'm giving secrets away here. <laughs> because, do you need an imam uh, for inikah? Not necessarily. So let's say uh, I, uh, may Allah bless uh, my daughter, Rayyan. Let's say I was, how many of you thought Rayyan was a boy? When you hear Rayyan, is that a boy name or a girl name? Is Rayyan a girl name or a boy name? Huh? You already had the conversation? Before, what did you think? It's, it's, it's one of those names that's confusing, isn't it? It could be both. Anyway, let's say uh, I wanted to give away, or let's say Hamza, you had a daughter. What would you name your daughter? Layla, mashallah, mashallah, nice name. So let's say some, you, someone approached and they want to marry Layla, right? And what needs to be present, right? Number one, we have Layla and we have the brother that approached her. Let's call him Abdurrahman. Abdurrahman came for Layla, right? Tayyib, Abdurrahman uh, says to you, uh, Sheikh Hamza, Dr. Hamza, I'm interested in your daughter Layla. Can I marry her? And you make a long interview afterwards. You're like, okay, he passed everything. Tayyib, what needs to be present? You're the wali. She's there, he's there. You need how many witnesses? Two witnesses. Let's say your brother and his father are there. Yalla, what's left? Honestly, it's this simple. It's this simple. Um, what did you say, Akhi? Yes. Then Hamza says, I offer you my daughter to marry according to the book of Allah and Sunnah Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Do you accept? He says, yes, I accept. Barakallahu lakuma wa barakallaykuma wa jama'a bainakuma fi khair. The nikah is done. That's it. There are other things that are recommended to do. Walima. You invite people, you let them know the marriage happened. The dowry is her haqq. But what's the dowry mentioned right now? This ayah is talking about a woman who's called a mufawwada. Nikah al-mufawwada, which is a woman that got married who has not been given a dowry. So, this is a, could be a problem. Is the nikah valid? Yes. But then they have to agree a dowry. And what is that dowry going to be? Ideally, the dowry should be agreed upon. But if they argue amongst each other, 5,000, 2,000, 3,000, 1,000, 500, whatever the case is, then if they, if, they, if they argue over it, then they bring it to an imam or a judge and they look at what is a woman like Layla, who is the daughter of a doctor, what kind of meher does she get? Right? And roughly, let's say, oh, this kind of girl, she gets 5,000. Then we're going to say, yalla, her meher is 5,000. Does that make sense? But... Let's say, and this is what this ayah is talking about, Abdurrahman decided to divorce Layla. I'm very sorry, uh, Hamza. <laughs> he decided to divorce Layla before they consummated. Before they consummated. What is her right going to be? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is the, is the analogy, everyone understands it? 
there is no sin on you. In the Laktumun Nisa, if you divorce women, Malam Tamosu Hunna, while you have not touched them, meaning consummated, Autafridula Hunna Farida, nor appointed to them a meher. Now, what happens then? What happens? What does she get? He divorced her, there was no meher agreed, and they never met each other. So, it could, so what, what happens there? Then, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that because there was no agreement of a meher, she gets what is called a, a mut'ah. What is that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, bestow on them a suitable gift. So he will gift her something, something suitable. It doesn't have to be like a dowry level. But because he inconvenienced them, because he may have broken her heart, because he was indecisive, what, he has to give her something, but it's not going to be a meher because a meher was never agreed. Mafum? Allah says, bestow on them a, a suitable gift. The rich one according to his means. And the poor one according to his means. So we're not going to make the rich man pay the same as the poor man. Right? So what is the, the mut'a that we're talking about here? What is this gift? A woman who's been married... There was no bridal money or no dowry named or agreed. And he divorced her without consummating. What is her right? Does she get a full dowry? No. Does she get nothing? No. What does she get? A suitable gift. And how much is that? That depends on who? The person. If he's rich, then according to his means. If he's poor, then according to his means. Is that wadi, everyone? Tayyib. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Haqqan ala al-muhsineen. This is a duty on those that do good. And ulama say it's wajib that he gives her something. Right? It's wajib that he gives her something. Tayyib. Then, what about, what about if they did agree, if they did agree a dowry? If during the mihr, Hamza said, I give you Layla, Rahman, I give you my daughter, Layla, uh, and uh, to marry her with the agreed upon dowry that is, how much shall we say? 5,000. 5,000. Now what? The bride of money is, is agreed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And if you divorce them, before you have had relations with them. So this one, also no relation. What's different though? The meher was? And you have appointed unto them a meher. A dowry. Tayyib. How much do you give? Fanisfu ma faratum. Half of what you have agreed. How much is that going to be? 2,500 in this case. 2,500. Tayyib. Tayyib. This is how much her right is. Because he divorced her without, without uh, uh, um, having consummated the marriage. Does she have a idda? Does, does she have a idda? A woman that has been divorced. A woman that has been divorced. Before consummation. Does she have a idda? She doesn't have a idda. She doesn't have a idda. No, listen. Surah Al-Azab, Allah talks about it. Tayyip. Sual. What if the husband dies? Does she have a idda? She does. How long? Four months and? Four months and? Ten days. 
because the eye was am was mutlaq the ayah that talks about a woman anha, the one whose husband dies even if they never consummated it it's amrun ta'budi she has, she has to go through that mourning period right does that make sense but if she he, if he divorced her then there is no idda is that clear طيب. so he divorced her but he never consummated the meha was agreed however how much does he get فنصف ما فرطتم half of what they agreed half of what they uh, appointed طيب إلا أن يعفون إلا أن يعفون unless the woman agrees to forego and forgive unless she lets go Allah says give her half except if she what? says don't worry about it don't worry about it I want nothing right that's an option أو يعفو والذي بيده عقدة النكاح or if the one whose hands the marriage was in, meaning the husband, lets go. How does he let go? He has to pay the money. How does he let go? Anyone? He gives the full amount. So there's three options here. There's three options. Option one, you follow the ayah, she gets half, 2,500. Correct? Option two, she rises above it and says, you know what? I want nothing from you. Go, leave it. She gets nothing. She forgave. Right? Option three, he says, no. I divorced you this quickly. I apologize. You know what? Instead of giving you half, I'll give you the full amount. That's him uh, doing afu. So how many options do we have? Three options. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? And for you to forego is closer to piety. Who's Allah talking to here? Both the man and the woman. So what's better for the woman? Yeah, I don't want anything from you. What's better for the man? Give her the, the full amount. Because in Islam, you're always encouraged to do that which is better. There are three types of people when it comes to mu'amalat. What are mu'amalat? Transactions. Any type of transaction. Buying a house, renting a house, buying items, uh, you know, uh, making a, a business. Any, any type of transaction is happening. There's three types of people. The person that will oppress others, right? He will, he, when he, when he uh, has to give something, he'll skim on top, top of the top or he'll try and do something and be fraudulent and never gives other people their haqq. And when he wants something, he never forgives it. I want full, right? That's one type of person. We don't want that kind of person, right? When, it, when, when it's you, you're, you want to, to, to hold back the haqq of others. But when you, it's time for you, you're like, Allah, I'm not going to forgive you. Akhi, let me pay you back 80%. Wallahi, 100%. You know, that kind of person. That's, then you have the kind of person, just. When he has to pay something, he will pay it in full. When you have to pay him, he asks for full. That's justice. Then you have ihsan, right? That which we should strive for. And that is, when you have to give something, you go on top even. You give that and ziyada, right? Isn't that riba? Isn't that riba? If Muhsin, if Muhsin gives me, I, 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 brother Muhsin gives me uh, 500 pounds because I need it. And I say, Jazakallah khair for borrowing this money. After two months, I went, Akhi, here is 500 pounds. You know what? Here is 600 pounds. Is that riba? Why is that not riba? Ma fi shart, Allah. He never asked for it. Right? Uh, me doing this is khair. It's like, it's me doing ihsan. Does that make sense? Tayyib. If he says, 
just give me 300. How about that? This is also Ihsan. He gave me, and then the 200 pound will be sadaqah for him. By the way, this is a sunnah that is forgotten. Wallahi, brothers, there is great, great reward in taking it easy on the people that owe you money. There is great reward in it. If you borrow someone money, if you can forgive it, forgive it. If you can tell them, Ya Akhi, take your time, Wallahi, you can have, and, and you don't need it, there is khair kathir in this. There is a hadith with a man, the Prophet went, a man went to Jannah. He went to Jannah, although he was one of the most extreme sinners. But the hadith mentions, He never done anything good. Except that he would, he would, uh, except that he would give um, people money. He would borrow people money. And as he would borrow them money, he would take it easy on them. He would say to his ghulam, his servant, if they can pay it, alhamdulillah. If they can't pay it, if, if they can pay it, if they can't pay it, then leave them. Perhaps Allah will forgive me and leave me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. Allah forgave him. So there's a great reward in this. طيب. How do we end up here? The whole concept of doing ihsan. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say there is the, the, the option is there. Option one, you take your full right. What is her full right? Half of the dowry. But Allah then says, يعفون, or you let it go. And the other way as well. If the man, he foregoes by, instead of taking the option of giving half, what does he do? He gives her the full amount. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا تَنْسَوُ الْفَضْلَ بَيْنَكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not forgive, forget the good that was between you. The good and the virtue, that was, don't forget. Divorce can be messy. Divorce can be messy. And Allah is saying, don't forget the goodness that was in بَيْنَكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all-seer of what you do. Allah is seeing what you're doing. Allah, and, and I, I say this all the time, and this is very important. Whenever you hear that Allah is Basir, Allah is Sami'ah, Allah is Alim, Allah knows everything that you're up to. Allah knows that which is in your heart. He knows your secret and that which is even beyond. Allah sees everything. Allah hears everything. When you hear this, it should put fear in you. It should put fear in you because Allah sees you sinning. Allah sees you lying. Allah sees you doing things that you're not supposed to, thinking about things that you're not supposed to, right? They should put fear in your heart. But they should also put hope in your heart. Allah sees you and Allah hears your dua. Allah sees your worship. Allah sees your sadaqah. Allah sees the kindness that you do to your children. So Allah sees that you're forgiving each other, that you're taking it easy in your marriage, that your divorce was a divorce that was done properly. So when we hear the word basir, you should instill in us, yes, fear, but also what? Hope, hope. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Come back from the Adhan. Oh, yeah, mashallah. Alhamdulillah, we have time. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then said, Hafidu ala salawati wa salati al wusta wa kumu lilahi qanitin. And guard strictly and preserve and observe all the prayers. As salawat. Here, the salawat are the five daily prayers. وَالصَّلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى And the middle prayer. The middle prayer. The middle salah. Which is the middle salah? Asr. Other ulama have other opinions, but the strongest view is Asr. Why? Because the Prophet called this salah, salat al-wusta. 
during the battle of Khandaq or Ahzab, the Prophet Sallallahu said, مَلَأَ اللَّهُ قُلُوبَهُمْ وَقُبُورَهُمْ نَارًا شَغَلُونَ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى Cursed may be the Gufada attacking them, may Allah fill their graves with fire. They made us too busy from to, to, to remember the middle prayer, the Salat al Wusta, Salat al Asr. And this is one of the evidences to, to teach you that the Prophet وسلم, forgot to pray. The Prophet وسلم, forgot to pray Asr because he was busy digging, digging in the trenches. So he forgot to pray Asr. And he prayed Maghrib, then he made Asr up, then he prayed Isha. So uh, you learn a lot of lessons from that. Number one is that it is possible for someone to forget. And there are reasons. What are the reasons that you're allowed to be not praying? Imma. Uh, or, de- or, or delay a prayer from its time You can delay a prayer If you're combining it with another prayer Such as when you are what? Traveling So com- what Excuses to delay a prayer Number one Combining Number two If you're sleeping If you're sleeping you can delay the prayer But, but that means you overslept if you, There's no sin on you if you overslept There's no sin on you If you overslept As long as you uh, are, 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 You go to sleep and then when you wake up, the salah has passed. Let him pray when he remembers it. Forgetfulness. If you forget, like what happened to the Prophet ﷺ. So you can delay the prayer if you are combining. You can, delay the, you can delay the prayer if you were sleeping. You can delay the prayer if you are forgetful. And you can delay the prayer if you're forced. If someone holds a gun to your head or forces you or you know, you're stopped from praying and then the salah... Anything outside of that, you have to pray on time. Does that make sense? What if you don't have wudu? You can't, if you don't have wudu and the salah time is coming, then you do tayammum. You cannot just let the next salah enter without praying and may Allah forgive us and protect us. Stand before Allah with obedience and without speaking. Al-Qunut fi salah or being qanit in your salah means that you do not speak. In the beginning, you are allowed to speak in your salah. There's a hadith with the Prophet where the Sahaba mentioned that before it was legislated to be quiet in the salah, they would enter the salah and they would still speak to each other. So it would be Allahu Akbar and if someone would stand next to them, they would be like, uh, how are the kids? They would speak to each other. This is something very strange to us. But then when it was legislated, this ayah was revealed, it, was, it became obligatory to stay silent during the, during the salah. Tayyib. Um, speaking of... Um, I think there's a lot of ahkam that needs to be discussed here. So I'm going to stop here so that next week, inshallah ta'ala, we can delve into more issues related to the salah and also uh, to what is known as salatul khawf, which is the prayer of fear and how do you pray that. And there are some few more ahkams left uh, of dalaq before we then enter into the story of uh, Talut and Jalut or David and Goliath. Barakallahu feekum. Hada wa akhur da'wan alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.